When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old Mac of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beef's Golf Club. My co-host and chipper-loving friend John Robbins is still out on tour. He'll be back in January. So for now, I'm joined by producer Ryan. What's happening, mate? Beef, I'm good, thank you, mate. Um, how long did it take you to get over your Ryder Cup blues last week? Blues or pure tiredness or both. I mean, mate. Yeah. Um, we had such a stupid flight home. We had a car come at, I think it was 3 a.m. Wow. After that week. Yeah. Oh, mate. Honestly, yeah. It took me a good three, four days to sort of just get my bearings again. I was so tired. But it was, it was such an epic week. I mean, at one point you were debating trying to sneak into the actual party when we were there recording when all the champagne was spraying. Um, you might have been better doing that and then just going straight to the airport. Do you know what? I got We got on the flight and I sat there and I said to I said to Jones, I was like, best decision I've ever made, actually. <laughs> because usually I'm that person who will end up in the party. I would have missed the flight. It would have been a disaster. I would have felt so rough. And actually I got back and although I was tired... I didn't have some like stinking hangover. It's the best yeah. decision I've ever made. Mate, I bet there were some sore heads as well from what we saw at that celebration. I mean, it was amazing to be there firsthand, wasn't it? Um, although a load of the players obviously flew pretty much straight to Scotland, didn't they? And then have been playing in the uh, Alfred Dunhill links. Um, that's commitment, right? Mate, I don't know how they're doing that. I honestly don't. After that week... And watching, being playing in that, I can only imagine like the emotions and how like the adrenaline and the drop off you'd have on Monday. Yeah. I would want to sort of just sleep in a dark room for a week. Yeah, there was some. Like, it was a good field though, wasn't it? I saw Matt Fitzpatrick um, has obviously gone. Tommy Fleetwood went as well, didn't he? I think um, Bob McIntyre got his Jet Two flight and ended up there. Yeah, um, Ludwig Eberg was playing in um, America. What? As well, yeah. And he, he lost in a playoff. Yeah. And like to even perform after that, like I, I thought you'd feel like so flat after just because of that that hype, that emotion. I've never seen a tournament like it. How they're performing is, is beyond me, honestly. Well, I mean, also as well, it wasn't exactly easy to perform because did you see the weather? Obviously going from the highs of like getting sunburnt in Rome to uh, I mean I saw a picture of St Andrew it obviously got rained off didn't it on the Sunday um, the biggest puddle in the middle of the 18th on that famous picture with the bridge and stuff did you see it? I've seen them all man I've seen them all and like usually Lynx golf courses can really soak up the rain as well mm. and handle like bad weather I read somewhere they had 79 millimetres of rain in like two days what? yeah that's unbelievable how they how they even playing how they even playing today is a miracle. I mean the work the greenkeepers and everyone has done to even get their course in some sort of shape to even yeah. play it is beyond remarkable. What happens when you're at a tournament beef and it rains all day and there's no play? Like, are you in the clubhouse playing board games? Like, you're just refreshing BBC weather. Like, what what do you do on those days? <laughs> this is this is this is where you want a late tea time. Yeah. And decisions to be made in the morning. So like some sometimes you'll get it and you'll get to the golf course. It'll be delayed, say, three hours. So you have to sit and wait in either the players' lounge or the locker room or wherever 
sit and wait around till there's a decision made. Now, if you're the afternoon group, which I had in Dubai in January, yeah, I got a message saying it, we're not going to be playing till 11 uh, a.m. So then I know that sort of five hours or four hours later than the first tea time. So now I'm not going to be off till four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So, you know, and you can just hang around the hotel, which is easier, I find, than just waiting around at the golf course yeah. all day. So, yeah, it's just literally sometimes players might get a pack of cards out. Some players might go and find and have a little lay down, have a nap. But, I mean, it's fucking boring. That's why being at the hotel is, is so much better. I've just got an image of, like, Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood playing, like, rummy or something. <laughs> what are they waiting for their tea time? That's ridiculous. What's your go-to card game if that's the case? Oh, mate. Do you know what? I was playing a lot of cards in Singapore and I, I got into cribbage. So I just learned a load of like different card games. Uh, one called the uh, Scooper, which was Italian. <laughs> yeah. So there was a few, but yeah, I like a game of cribbage. It's quite good. Maybe we need to introduce a games room at Beef's Golf Club for if anything gets rained off. Massively need a games room. 100%. You need an old golden tea thing. A what? Do you remember the golden tea games? No. They're like golf games and like you aim it and it had the ball that spins. So you've got to take like a big like push and roll like the ball on the on the keypad to hit it as far as possible. I've never heard of that before. Oh my God, have you not? You, you need, Google it, man. You need to Google that immediately. I mean, golden tea is like a, well, that might be, that could be the first Beefs Golf Club band for not knowing golden tea. I'm sure I'm not the only person who hasn't heard of Golden Tea, surely. <laughs> we'll have to get the members to write in who's heard of Golden Tea and where did you play it? Because I've never heard of that. I think I think there's a poll coming. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll do a Golden Tea poll. Um, one final thing on the rain. Does it ruin your week if that happens, it plays into Monday? Do you know what I mean? Like, what happens with your flights and that sort of stuff if you miss them? Yeah, it makes it, makes it difficult. Because you might have a flight out, say, Sunday night or Monday morning. If it goes into Monday, then you've got to get another flight. So, obviously, you've got... You could be stung for it being charged. Yeah. Do you pay that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, there's, like, nothing you can do. So, you're trying to find other flights. Like, generally, going to Madrid from Edinburgh should be fairly straightforward. But in other cases, there's been one... There's been times where the flights could be a connecting flight as well. Yeah. And then that can get really sort of tricky and you can miss connections and it can be it can be a proper nightmare. Speaking of the golf this weekend though, Beef, uh, rain or not, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick has obviously gone on to win, uh, shooting 19 under across three rounds. That's, that's great for him, right? That's in, insane, honestly. How they're, like I said before, how they're playing and competing after that week is amazing. And I know Fitzy as well was playing with his mum in the Dunhill as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing together. So yeah, maybe um, she's been giving him some, uh, giving some, <laughs> maybe, maybe she's been giving us some lines on the greens or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we bumped into his dad and his brother, didn't we? After uh, we were on the 18th green after the Ryder Cup win. Um, and they seemed very sort of just proud of him, didn't they, and stuff? Yeah, really nice. Really nice family, like really grounded and stuff. And you can, you can see that with, with Matt and Alex as well, just really grounded. And that's why he's probably playing as well. You know, he's, he's played Ryder Cup, most amazing tournament I've ever seen. And to go and compete this week, you, you've got to be grounded. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, man. Well, back to the Ryder Cup beef. Uh, we had a message confirming that the Beefs Golf Club ball that you hid was found. Uh, a guy called Matt has got in touch on Instagram just for anyone who didn't see the uh, video on social media, can you explain to people where you hid this ball and how impressive it is that it's been found? Yeah, and it was found pretty quick as well. Yeah. Yeah, like really quick. There was a few trees to the right of the ninth green. I'd probably say it was about 60, 70 yards short of the green to the right, quite far to the right. Yeah. And I found like a little sort of hole in the tree and I just balanced the ball on the wrong side of where the crowds were all walking. So it was like the side that was facing sort of the range. Yeah. There, but yeah, someone's found it pretty fast. Found it pretty fast. And I wonder, I haven't had a comment yet from this guy, but I wonder why he was by that tree and what he thought when he spotted the ball. Maybe he went for a piss and then uh, then spotted a ball while he was doing it against the tree. It'd be brave doing a piss for 50,000 people. 
walking down there. But yeah, he must have he must have just walked past and yeah, had a little look and caught his eye. I mean, it's a great find. They weren't the easiest one to find. Great find. He did message saying, "What do I win?" And uh, we replied saying, "You've won a Beast Golf Club golf ball, mate. Like that's the <laughs> that's the biggest prize ever." But I think I think he might not have listened to the podcast and thought he'd won a prize, but he hasn't. Just the mention and the the golf ball was a prize, and hopefully. Yeah. You'll lose that prize somewhere and someone else will find that prize and then write in again. Yeah, there we go. And then someone else will ask for a prize, but we don't have one anyway. <laughs> um, we didn't manage to find a club sandwich while we're out there, did we? Um, something to suggest for the Ryder Cup for the next one, do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. I think um, once we find out who the next captain is going to be, I think we get on the case. The yeah. next American captain, then we'll figure it out. But I'm sure they'll, they love a club sandwich in the States. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But um, maybe we could get ourselves another food truck for the Ryder Cup and sort one out ourselves a club sandwich stall just literally doing the best club sandwiches yeah 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 well, we'll that would we'll, be epic we'll look into that um, and then finally Beef we've had several messages alerting us to the fact that Mark Wahlberg was at the Ryder Cup which is bad PR for Beef's Golf Club here this doesn't look good for us that we were there as well and we didn't manage to uh, get you a photo with him what are we going to do about this I I think um he was keeping an even more low profile because <laughs> maybe he'd heard we were there trying to find him. <laughs> so fair play for keeping that low key. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see him, never heard him. No one really, someone gave us a tip that he was coming, but we never even saw him on the golf course. Fair play for keeping that under the radar. That's pretty impressive. We've now potentially been in the radius of a hundred yards of Mark Wahlberg and still haven't managed to ask him to come on the podcast so yeah we're in trouble here Beef I think do you know what though it probably saved the really awkward moment what when he said no to a selfie <laughs> yeah when he sort of if, yeah went up and said hi and obviously we were all there and if he'd pied me in real life I would, you would lot would never live it down so maybe maybe it's a good thing it might be that it, I wonder if it turns out this story's never been true and then Mark Warburg was like hi mate do I know you <laughs> <laughs> We've been living a lie. Anyway, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, mate. As we said, next time. But I'm not messaging him ever again. <laughs> right then, everyone. Like I said earlier, John is away on tour, but he'll be back in January. In the meantime, we need to start recruiting some new members to Beef's Golf Club. So in the next couple of months, we'll bring you as many episodes as we can with some special guests. If you've only just discovered us, remember to go and check out our episodes from the start, where we were building the club up from scratch. There's some quality guests you'll enjoy along the way. And we've got another one waiting at the door now. He's a top guy and a decent golfer as well. It's Chris Hughes. Let's get him in. Yes, Chris. Welcome to Beef's Golf Club, mate. How are you, man? I'm all good, buddy. Yeah, good to see you, mate. Been a while. Yeah, it has. It has, hasn't it? Since, what, about a year ago? I reckon it was about a year ago, but the sun was shining, Beef. It was good memories, mate. Spending a morning on the golf course, getting some guidance from you. It was a yeah, special little moment for me, actually. Talking of guidance, how's your golf been? <laughs> it's, it's up and down, do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like a high single-figure handicapped golfer, so it's, um, yeah, it's up and down, as you can expect. Some days good, some days bad, but it's, it's finding that consistency and that time to play. I played actually for the first time yesterday in uh, what James Madison's um, Invitational. I had an amazing day, but I haven't swung a club for six weeks. So everything just felt stiff. And honestly, like I'm, I'm aching so bad today that I started getting tension headaches like in, in my neck this morning. So I'm going to have to get a, get a little massage on that and lo- loosen myself up. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you just got back from the Ryder Cup as well. Oh, mate, it's honestly unbelievable, isn't it? I know I saw you out there. I saw all the videos. You were just, you were having it off, weren't you? Enjoying yourself. Oh, mate, it was, it was amazing. It was the first one I'd ever been to live. It was incredible. Was it the first one you've been to? Yeah, never, yeah, never been to a Ryder Cup before. I obviously will remember that for a lifetime. Like, I just think it's one of the, I think it's the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. Like genuinely, like so much fun and, and just seeing how everything operates, you know, with all the crowds there and, um, Oh, the weather as well. I mean, 30 degrees. It was hot when it was like really, really hot. I just felt like there was no, I felt like there was no like sun cover on the whole of the golf course. There's only a couple of trees. And yeah, I mean, everybody just in great spirits in Europe did the job. Yeah, it was amazing. Talking about that though, like once we finished 
like the day and finish the podcast, we had to get a bus back to a different <laughs> hotel and then a cab from there. But you were staying on the fucking tent. <laughs> I know, mate. Honestly, like I think people. I, I remember I posted. Um, I posted a picture just on my Insta story of the room from inside, looking out onto the tenth green. And it was Jimmy Anderson replied saying, "No, that's not real." He thought it was like a green screen, right? He thought like the window was like a like a green screen, right? I don't think people could believe that. Not only was I fortunate enough to stay there, you know, with Hilton and stuff, but it was actually the fact that, you know, that was a thing at a massive event like that, you know, a, a worldwide stage with a worldwide audience watching it, that they had that accessibility to have literally a hotel room on the side of the green. And, um, yeah, mate, honestly, I had to pinch myself. It was genuinely the best gig I've, I've ever been to. What day did you stay there? Or did you stay there the whole week? No, I didn't stay there the whole week. So I stayed, I stayed the one night on the Thursday night. So I woke up in the morning. So I did like the opening. I did the opening ceremony on the Thursday. I witnessed all that, which was great. Went back to my room, chilled out, had some dinner, and then went. Uh, woke up in the morning about six hours. I was excited, mate. I was like a kid at Christmas. Woke up in the room. We set a GoPro up outside, right, just to kind of get that sunrise from the morning of like like a time lapse, basically, of like the the sunlight coming up on the room and. I drew the curtains about half six, mate. There are people out on the greens, like doing all what they do, all the greenkeepers and stuff. And then, yeah, went down for about 7.15 and then obviously 7.35 they teed off and we watched the opening tee shots and it genuinely just so good. And then I popped back, watched the opening tee shots and I popped back up to the 10th hole and I just got back in bed and waited for them to come back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was on. It's so good. Yeah, you talk about money spots. I mean, that's an absolute joke, <sighs> that is. I think it's, yeah, it, it, it's one of those though. Do you know what? The, the reason it's so good is because it's it's not actually something that money can buy. You know, it's it's, it's an invite thing from Hilton. Um, they do amazing. Well, obviously they're, you know, one of the sponsors as well with like the accessibility that they get on the golf course. And, you know, they have a di- number of different people stay in it throughout the week for a night just to have that whole experience. And then it goes to like Hilton for, for one night, you can bid for it with your points off Hilton. So it's not actually like a monetary thing. I think people think, you know, that some of the people who've stayed in there, you know, spent absolute thousands, like tens of thousands on it, but they actually haven't, which I quite like about it because it kind of has that, it kind of has that value of where it's not actually, you know, a money can buy experience. Yeah, hundred percent. That's such an amazing idea though. I love that. To wake up on the 10th green as well, and then to go back and watch it from there is uh, absolutely incredible. I did have to. Uh, I did have to share the bed with my manager, though, which was slightly different. <laughs> I know you. Uh, you've actually met him before, but he's um, he's about your size beef, to be fair. So you can you can imagine what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the big spoon. Mate, he was the big spoon, right? And, and he snores. Oh my God, does he snore? I, I was up at two a.m. I was thinking, I, I'm not going to actually sleep here. Not just for the excitement, but the f- fact that I couldn't sleep. Like, he was snoring. I, I had to just keep giving him a boot. <laughs> obviously I don't share you know I don't share the bed too often with many people so it took a bit of getting used to but do you know what it was it's somehow still a night in paradise <laughs> <laughs> that's so good <laughs> oh it was mega oh do you know what I think I might need a favour from you do you <laughs> think on, you could speak to Hilton because I think we should put a hotel room up at the 10th hole at Beef's <laughs> Golf Club I think Beef's Golf Club needs that I think so you can wake up there and just right, you just go, you just wake up whenever you want, roll out and and tee it up. I think like I've got I know a few people at Hilton now. I've, I met every single person like because it was the Ryder Cup. Mate, they had like the head of America, head of Europe, the CEO. Like everybody was there from Hilton you could think of. I forget the amount of people I met who were associated with Hilton, but mate, I made some wonderful contacts. I'm sure I can hook you up. Definitely, we've also got rooms at the golf club as well. Where if you've had too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple rooms. Maybe they could sort them out as well. Look after yeah, them. You need you need that. You always need that at the golf club. I was at, I was playing yesterday. Obviously, like I said, I was playing yesterday at the James Madison thing. Bullard. Oh my god, he was in pieces. Bless him. Last night he was. It doesn't take him too many pints to to enjoy himself. But it's, that's exactly what he needed yesterday. It's, he needed that. We were. At, I think we were at a golf club yesterday, which actually didn't have a hotel complex, so he was in all sorts of bother. Bless him. <laughs> so yeah it's genius you need you need a couple and then the bartender can just come over and be like look mate we got we got a little room upstairs put put him into bed sort him out and he'll fill up 
he'll feel a lot fresh the next day rather than having to get a cab home and all that shit. We just put him to bed and sort him out. Uh, exactly. It's, it, it works a treat. I think for, for golf as well, you never like get, everyone loves playing in the morning, don't they? Getting up with a crack of dawn, you know, getting it done and enjoying that kind of like, that fresh dew on the ground in the winter, right? But you don't like getting up and knowing you've got to drive in your car for an hour or an hour and a half to meet your mates and play golf, which a lot of people do. You know, it takes a lot of traveling when you're organizing a four ball, people from all over the shop. So it's the perfect scenario. Yeah, bartender looks after you, get your own little little uh, room service as well. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, obviously uh, James Madison's golf day yesterday. Um, how was it, mate? What was going on? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, for for a great cause for a, for a little girl who passed away, who he was obviously very closely connected to, and uh, we raised plenty of money. You know, there was some there was some big names there. I think Tom Grennan, who was obviously at the Ryder Cup, you had Crouchy there, Crouchy and James Madison. First, they they teed off first. It wasn't shotgun starts. We were all off the first tee. Oh boy, they bit two worm killers to start. Honestly, it was uh, they both they both topped them. I think they're somewhere on socials. They'll definitely get they'll definitely get uploaded at some stage. Michael McIntyre was there. He uh, actually played. I don't know if you've seen it because it was floating around on socials yesterday. He was in his ball was it was almost cemented in a lake. You couldn't see the ball. You know when you see the top of it, you think you can play it. I don't know what he thought he was doing, but I um, mean he got absolutely covered. He had to get a spare pair of change of clothes and stuff, but. Yeah, just it was just a good day, you know. Harry Maguire, Jordan Pickford, who's a fellow Sunderland fan as well, so obviously a lot of respect for Jordan. Yeah, just it was just nice to catch up with with a lot of people who I've seen through different sport and events, and obviously golf as well. And um, yeah, very successful day. That's great. I love that. You know, these guys take so much time out yeah. of what you're doing and stuff, and raise a nice chunk of money for special things that are close to people. I love things like that auction prices as well were unbelievable there was like Jude Bellingham's signed shirt he wore on his debut for Real Madrid what that went for that went for thousands there was a Saka shirt match worn shirt yeah I mean that debut shirt I was <laughs> said to a few of the boys on the way but I was making focus I was it just that's, that's unbelievable though isn't it think if Real Madrid go on and win like a Champions League and then Jude Bellingham is like you you own his shirt he wore on his debut that's I mean that's unbelievable did you have a cheeky bid I didn't actually I didn't I couldn't compete with some of the big hits in there if I'm honest with you <laughs> hey, there's, there's some serious money floating around in that room last night <laughs> mate going on to the golf talking about your golf how long have you been playing for? well I was this is a thing beef I was right handed till I was 21 and now I'm a lefty and the reason I was right-handed till I was 21 is because I didn't play loads and loads of golf. You know, in the summer, if your mates were playing, you go and play kind of thing. But I have four older brothers, so they were all right-handed. So you kind of just get hand-me-downs. Like, that's what it was like, you know, growing up. I used to borrow my, my brother's equipment and stuff in his clubs and whatever. So I was, I was right-handed. And I, I, actually, I actually probably swing it better right-handed in the respect that I can actually move better right-handed. Like, mechanically, it looks better. But, yeah, I, I, I played county cricket I'm a left-handed batsman so I just thought I've got to be a left-handed golfer there's no two ways about it so I switched when I was 21 and now I kind of like yeah hack it around left-handed it's all a bit strange really isn't it but so you yeah so you basically you you started <laughs> right-handed what handicap did you get to right-handed I played to oh it, I didn't play loads it had been sort of like around the 12 mark 12 handicap right-handed yeah yeah i could i could i can still swing it right-handed what handicap are you now i'm uh, 6.2 now <laughs> you know you're what all right you're so lucky john is not on this call why is that because you're a better <laughs> handicap you're a better <laughs> handicap than him right-handed and then you've started all over again and you're the only lefty we've had on here apart from john and you started again, and you're a better handicap than he is now, left-handed. I know. I almost make that almost makes me feel a bit guilty. I feel for John, to be fair. He needs to put to get some more reps in. He needs to put some more work in. Bless him. He, yeah, well, he's well, busy. He's we'll busy on tour at the moment, and also, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen or heard. He carries the club that I disagree with him a lot. Is the chipper? The chipper, yeah. There's no chipper in your you bag. I didn't see one in your bag. No, no, no. no. Is it still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's still a thing, yeah. People still, you can still walk in a shop and buy a chipper. They're, if you find them in the corner somewhere, maybe with a bit of yeah. dust on them, but they're there. 
I think it's for it's it's for the yips, the yips people, isn't it? It's for those ones which you know they just they just need a little bit of elevation and uh, not for me, beef. No, 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 not for me either. No, they need to they need to hide them a bit more in shops. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I think they do. Yeah, you know, like you know, like you get in like the adult shops where like yeah. the real naughty stuff's around the corner and it's hidden or it's in another door. It, it they should put the chippers in something like that. Why do you detest them so much? I just, I, I think it's okay to get started, but if you're playing, learn how to chip because obviously you've got different clubs. You can hit a chip and run like a chipper with a pitching wedge or a nine iron, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just close the face on a bit. I've seen John pull a chipper out, play a chip and run, and then hit it short and he he would have to chip it over a bunker, pull his lob wedge out and play the nicest chip shot with it over over the bunker and oh, I'm like well, no. why why do you need it oh, and I just no. think it's a learning curve so it's like you, yeah. you're trying to get better at golf that doesn't yeah. particularly help you get better well, if he doesn't listen to you who's he going to listen to mate I don't but know maybe maybe you can have a word with him as a, a as a lefty it might be a lefty chat I've got do you know what? I've got so many sets of wedges kicking around <laughs> honestly I've got I reckon I've got I reckon I've got a couple of spares, 52, 56, 60s, he can, yeah, he can happily, happily take them. <laughs> yeah, maybe you have to donate some to him. I'm no, not I sure he would take to. you up on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, he's stuck, stuck in his ways with his chipper. <laughs> you would have seen quite a few different players as well, and you've played in a few pro-ams, right? Yeah. How, how have they been? Our prime's been unbelievable. Yeah, I missed the... I was out filming a TV show in Austria recently, so I actually missed the BMW, which I love that pro-am. I just, it's, just the, it's just the best one, you know, the huge crowds. It's nervous as hell, but so much fun. I played in five of those now, so I'm very grateful for that. But I think it's the, it's the day where, as an amateur, you just feel like a professional. Like Even though no one expects us to hit it well, we still put pressure on ourselves. But because of the crowds are there... Because you're, you know, alongside players who are teeing it up all week and it's just, it's such a good feeling. Like, it, it really is. It's as close as you can get to being, you know, feeling like a professional for a day, even though we know we're not swinging it like professionals. But it's just the whole vibe, you know, the crowds and that pressure. You're feeling that pressure, which you guys do feel, you know, even though it, it, you make it look easy. You know, of course you feel the pressure and it's, you know, it's, it's a competitive situation. You still want to win the programs. Like it gives you a goal and you see the leaderboards and stuff. And it's, it's so much fun. Who, um, who have you played with there? I've played with Ian Poulter. I've played with Danny Willett. I've played with Sebastian Soderberg. I've played with Callum Hill. I'm trying to think. I've, God, this is really hard. I'm like jogging, jogging my memory here. <laughs> um, so I've played on a few. So I played a few of the British Masters ones as well. But yeah, it just yeah, just being able to tee up alongside you know players like that is is unbelievable. Uh, Danny Willis, you know, he's won a green jacket. I mean, what a moment! They still spat his day wrong as well. They had it, <laughs> they they just they never spell Willit right. They never put enough letters in it. <laughs> so I think he's double he's double T, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I think it. But they always but they had one T up, and it was oh Jesus, yeah. Was he angry Not about like it? Nah, he was all right. He joked about it, but you know, it wasn't like you know he's won a won a green jacket. You think they'd uh, they think they'd know how to spell his surname? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like playing with Poulter? Was you nervous playing with him? I wasn't nervous because yeah, when I played with Poulter, it was twenty seventeen, and it was it was straight after I kind of come out of Love Island, right? So he'd watched my whole series, so we were just having a laugh and a joke. We were like reminiscing on the TV stuff and everything that he's got going on. And it, do you know what? He was just it was fun, but it was at a time where I mean, I hadn't swung a club in ages. Like, swear to God, I couldn't have played any worse. And my golf's come on a lot since then, as it would, you know, six years ago. But yeah, there are nerves because, you know, you still want to hit good shots in front of good players because you want them to appreciate that, you know, you've, you've done something, what they do every day professionally, you've done it well enough. So there's always nerves, there's always pressure, but that's the game, mate. If, if there wasn't nerves and there wasn't pressure, like, why would you bother playing it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But it is, when you go into a crossover sport, 
yeah and you're like out of your comfort zone from like what you can do and stuff it's yeah. it is nerve-wracking like you ask me to kick a football oh, in mate, front honestly. of footballers shit my pants it's we've went yeah literally it went worth right we've i've teed two two of the five years i've played in that pro-am i've teed off on 14 right because it's shotgun start so we're on 14 uphill par three it's just not with the with all with a bit of a lefty as well you've got the food trucks up up like in your eye line you've got the crowd all up the left you've got the crowd all up the right and the the stand behind the green it's just not the hole you want to be teeing off like having your first swing on like an uphill par three you, you want to just get the get the big stick out don't you and give it a whack but honestly mate those nerves like it, one year i completely topped it like i genuinely i probably nearly missed the ball and i was all i was thinking in my backswing this is how messed up the mind is in golf in my backswing i'm thinking don't top it that's all i'm thinking in my backswing so you're never in a good place to begin with, are you there? That's terrible, terrible mindset. But I couldn't block that out. Like I find it really hard to kind of like bring those emotions in in golf and just, it's so hard because like other sports, like, you know, football, play tennis, I play, you know, I ride horses. Once you're doing it, you're kind of like, you're zoned out. You're zoned so far into that. You don't think of like anything outside of you. Golf's like the only sport that when I'm playing it, I'm stood over a board. You can't just like, I can't just zone in on that and forget the outside environment. Like really, really affects me when there's big crowds. And I think a lot of people have that. People get that, you know, people will resonate with, with that even when they play in their local medals and they're just down and they've got four golfers who are going to tee off behind them and they're stood watching them. Like it's pressure. It doesn't matter whether it's four people or, you know, 400. Like it's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, uh, yeah, you see it all the time. People do not like to play in front of people in no. golf. It's, uh, I just think no. you've got so much time to think about it. Yeah, that's what it is. I think. I think it's not because you're not reacting to stuff. You're you doing everything in your like the way you would do it. It's, yeah, it's hard. Look, mate. Also at Beast Golf Club, we like to share some fun things. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you playing golf, mate? Honestly, I genuinely. It wouldn't be far off that 14th. Like when I say I've topped it, like I've topped it 10 yards and there's long, there's a bit of like long wispy rough just in front of you, like all the way up to the green. Cause it's, you know, it's an uphill par three. It's just wisp. So it's gone, it's gone 10 yards, mate. And I, in the, the silence, oh my God, the silence. Like it could have, I wanted the ground to swallow me up, mate. I was so, I was so embarrassed. I was just shaking. Like I was shaking on the tee, but yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. I also got a bit of, maybe a bit of inside info from your manager. He may oh, have God. sent me a video of a tee shot the 18th at Wentworth. Oh God, what did I do? <laughs> I'm trying to you, think, what what did I do with it? You may have topped oh. it. Oh Jesus, yeah. With the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's terrible as well, isn't it? <laughs> I see, honestly. <laughs> God, what a sneak! What a sneaky one! What a sneaky one! I'll be having words with him, mate. He's gonna be, he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be not on his twenty percent commission anymore. Bless him. But yeah, that that there as well. Yeah, anything where it's just, oh, just yeah, they're just not fun moments, especially with a driver. Like you, I don't think you care if there's big crowds. I don't think you care if you just if, if you know if there's so much spin on the boy and it goes like for a lefty, like I fade it right. If I just slice it into the woods, I, as long as I've got off the tee, I don't care. It's when it just trickles off the tee or you top it or you, yeah, it's not fun. The the thing as well is golf is I always have a saying is that no one's safe either. Like, no, we, any pro, any amateur, it, they're going to hit bad shots as well. I mean, the amount of bad yeah. shots I've seen, I've hit as well. I saw one today because I saw one today, mate, because it's obviously the last last round of the Dunhill. And uh, Billy Horshaw, they just showed a shot. He's literally, uh, he completely chunked it, like like a proper chunk. And it's, you know, he only had like a, you know, a short short iron or a pitching wedge in, and it's a proper chunk. And you saw it in the Ryder Cup as well. I think it was Cantlay put one in the middle, of the middle of the lake with an iron exam from the middle of the fairway. Like, it's, it happens. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's such fine margins. No one, no yeah. one is safe. No one is safe. No. No one's safe. No one's safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, we're also creating the dream golf club here at Beefs Golf Club. Yeah. What yeah. are some of the best clubhouses and courses you've been to? I love Sunningdale. You know, I think Sunningdale Old Course, right, I think is oh, could be my favourite course to play in the world. I've always had good times there. It's always with fun people and I just love the golf course in itself. 
you know, I shot around in the low seventies there, and it is, it's, I remember that forever. And I, I, I literally striped everything, and I could have shot. I genuinely think I could have shot around a seventy. I shot around a seventy-four, and it, it was just everything was just sweet. You know, I hit fairways, I hit good shots. Everything was out in the middle of the club, and that makes you you remember those days. But I just love the vibe of Sunnydale. You know, the the, the clubhouse is always good food. That's what I always remember. They used to do. I actually think they've taken it off the menu, but they used to do this like chicken, uh, a Thai red, Thai red curry, right? Chicken one, but now it's a vegetable which is a bit disappointing because, you know, I, I love any, any form of protein. I struggle to eat many plates of food if it's not got like chicken or steak on it. So, but yeah, just what, what a place, what a place. So are you a club sandwich person? No, I'm not really. A, no, not really. Oh, no. no. Too much. Is that too sa- much carbs for you? Yeah, it's just a lot of bread in a club sandwich. Unnecessary. There's an unnecessary extra slice in there. <laughs> <laughs> Associated with golf, you don't need extra slices. Let me tell you that. But um, no, I'm, I'm more a kind of. I need like I need a knife and fork. I'm one of those kind of people. You can eat a club sandwich. You can eat a club sandwich with a knife and fork. Nice. You make it funny no looks, look, right? Does it? <laughs> yeah, you get funny looks. I don't like the whole, you know, the egg with the chicken kind of thing as well. Because some people put eggs in it, don't they? Like a club, club sandwich. But yeah. Um, Nah, nah, not for me. Yeah, you, I have them on holiday. Don't get me wrong, because it's an easy lunch choice, isn't it? Off the menu with some chips or whatever. But nah, not for me. I love a, I love a curry though. I'm, I'm honestly beef. Like, I just absolutely love a curry. Well, that was going to be my next question. What yeah. would, what would you put on the menu at Beef's Golf Club? I'd just have a lovely, like a nice, mild chicken tikka masala with coconut rice or pilau rice, with a choice of. And a cheese naan. I'd have a cheese and a guy'd have a garlic naan on the menu. Like cheese naans are very underrated. Like some some places you have to request them because they're not actually on the menu. They've got all the pashwaris, you know, and all the quinoa and whatever. But no, you need a cheese naan because some places you go, they like slap the cheese on. It's it's, it's a heart attack on a plate, but it's unbelievable. <laughs> there we go. We've got a maltic <laughs> masala now on the menu with yeah, some absolutely. coconut rice and a cheese naan. Yeah, perfect. Is there an perfect. option for it to come spicy? Yes, you can have extra spice in it. Yeah, it's on, it's on uh, chef's request. <laughs> so that can, that can work. Going back to clubhouse and stuff, what would you like to add yeah. at Beef's Golf Club? What would you like to see? I'd like a, um, I'd like, like a number of hot tubs, right? This sounds a bit extreme, right? But just like... I'd like a, a balcony which can overlook. It doesn't even have to overlook the AT. It could, it could be on the side of Beef's Golf Club, right? Which can overlook another hole. Maybe the green on the ninth coming in. Just a number of of hot tubs there. So if you finish around, you know you can just go up there because I love a spa beef. Honestly, I go three times a week to the spa. What? Sit in the sauna. That hot. Yeah, three times a week. It's it's, it's a bit of a concern, but I, every time I go to the gym, like every other day, so I go to the gym about five six days a week. Every other time I'll go to the spa afterwards just to chill out, have a good sweat in the sauna. But yeah, if you could sit up there, you know, with a nice with a nice beer like this, just over overhanging with your arms hanging out the side of the hot tub, that's well, oh, that's heaven on earth that. And just watch some people hack it in. It's good fun. Done. That sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. That is mm. yeah, hundred percent that is in. Uh, John John will absolutely fight me on it, but he's not here, it's in. It's in. He's having no say on that. No, he's getting no say. I think we can. I think we can get that. Even if it's just one bigger, big one, we could definitely, we could definitely accommodate for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more than one, or we just get like a massive one. Yeah, we just go and get like a long sort of infinity pool, of which you know it's got all glass ceramic, like it's glass ceramic, so it looks like something you see, you know, in Dubai or whatever. That would be lovely to also watch a golf from. You know, though, I'm going to tell you the truth. Beef Golf Club is actually. In Birmingham, yeah, we might struggle with that. It might look well, yeah. It's not. No, it's a, sim- It's not it, similar to Dubai, but no, it might not fit in for the climate. I understand. We haven't got those, you know, those, you know, that weather, sixty three hundred sixty five days a year. But I don't know. We could, we could, we could work on it. Put a little roof up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a, yeah, we'll have like a sort of like a 
a roof yeah. that was sort of portrayed. Sure, if you get plat, well, the way I see it, if you can get planning permission for it, there's always a possibility. <laughs> That's up to you then, Beef, is it? It's in your, it's in, the ball's in your court then. <laughs> we also asked all of our guests to add a rule to the Board of Commandments here as well at the club. Yeah. What rule yeah. are you going to add? My rule would be for any time you go out and play match play, because that's a very common, you know, it's a very common uh, choice of, you know, it's a very common format when you're playing your friends. You can like Uno reverse one shot from each player in the round. So if you, if I'm playing you beef, you stiff one in a very important time or you stiff one early doors, I can say, or you drain a 30 footer. I can say, no, I've got, you've you got to play that shot again. You can use that card once. I think it adds to a bit of excitement. Do you call it's it a the, nice little rule, actually. The Uno reverse. Well, that's kind of what it's like, isn't it? You, you're kind of like, you're kind of getting them, you're kind of getting them to play it again. I don't know. I'm just trying to work out a way to actually describe what I'm on about. But I think that's quite good fun, you know, because you've always got like a trump card up your sleeve in case you need it. Some people will go early with it. And then it will it will haunt them later on in the round. They wish they used it then, and it's uh, it's tactical. Yeah, I love that. That's it. We'll chuck that straight. Because in. if you feel like it, if you're two down, and then you know someone holds out from somewhere, or they stiff it from one sixty to two feet, you could say, "No, I don't want to go three down. It. I need to, you know, I need to pull this out." And it's a great way of keeping it, you know, keeping it a bit more even. I better start collecting some of these Uno reverse cards so you can hand them out to me. You're gonna have to. I've got plenty of them here. Honestly, I've got plenty of them. <laughs> mate i know you've played in some like big pro-ams and stuff i mean you've stayed in probably one of the best hotel rooms that's ever oh, been made time. yeah but i agree you're an officially a new member of beef's golf club this honor has to be up there with some of the best right yes yeah just to be part of beef's golf club is a it's, it's my favorite membership if I'm honest with you so it's my favorite enrollment to anything i've ever you know ever been part of in life so yeah, I am, it, is, it is an honour beef and, it's, you know, I'm excited to get the get the journey underway, mate. It's just behind the spa <laughs> membership, I take it. Yeah, yeah just behind the spa, <laughs> just behind the spa membership. Nah, do you know what? It, it's, a, it's an honour. It's an honour, my friend. Always. I've got one more question as well, because I think you're the right person to ask. In terms of like dress codes and fashions, I think you should be sort of the head fashion designer of Beef's Golf Club as well. Beast Golf Club, I'm in charge of the clothing. I will get the right, you know, the right stocking because I know what the people want these days and uh, we could fit in for nice, some nice spring, summer looks and nice autumn winters and yeah, leave, leave me in charge of that, mate. I'll rock and roll with that one. What are the absolute no-goes in golf dress code? I don't like black socks. <laughs> I don't care if you're wearing, I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care if you're wearing black shoes. I just, let's just leave black socks out of the way. Okay, that's a no-go, okay? It's going to be white socks only. Um, you know, cuffed trousers I'm all for, I wear plenty of them. And um, hoodies, I like hoodies in the winter. I think it's actually think it looked quite smart I'm wearing a hoodie now. Obviously, this one wouldn't uh, pass for, for golf terms, but what's an absolute no-go? I like backward caps as well, because you know what it's like when it starts raining, you've got to swivel it around. You see the pros do that. Don't want to get any drips down you. I'm all for just enjoying yourself and wearing what you want. There it is. No, no, um, no, what are they called? The vests. No vests, though. Can't, can't get, you got to cover a little bit of the top of the arm. No vests. Even if it had a collar on it. Oh, you wear a vested collar. No, like the females wear, because girls wear those, don't they? they wear yeah. Them. Yeah, you wear them, yeah. That's just like wearing female golf clothing. Have you got a collared vest? Hang on, yeah. you, you own a collared vest? <laughs> no, I don't own a collared vest. <laughs> <laughs> When I went on Joe Marler's podcast, yeah, he said he liked to play in vest, but you're obviously not allowed in a vest. So we come up with the idea of putting a collar on the vest. Oh, fine, fine, it works. I wouldn't also tell Joe Marler he can't wear a vest. He would if he if he turns up in a vest, he can wear his vest. <laughs> I don't fancy a roll around with him. I've met him before. He's a he's a he's a lovely guy, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy telling him he can't wear something he wants to wear. <laughs> Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, man, having you on. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Beef. You're top man, and uh, hopefully we see each other soon. Definitely, man. Definitely. Top boy. Legend. What a legend Chris is, mate. 
I mean, the only one let down though, he's not a massive club sandwich fan. I think he's the first guest we've ever had on who has said they don't like club sandwiches, but he did make me laugh when he said, um, it's just an unnecessary slice of bread. I, I did That did make me laugh. He, I can see his point, you know. Um, I know you will never see eye to eye with that. I can see his point, but I'll never agree with the point. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I can't, I can't be having that. But then he did say he eats them sometimes on holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he doesn't like the food where he goes, so he just goes for a club sandwich that he doesn't actually want. But, um, but yeah, I thought he was great. I loved his hot tub suggestion as well, or the infinity pool idea. I thought was really good. Yeah, we we better get cracking building that, getting some planning permission, or we just dump it straight on there and don't tell anyone. That's probably more my go. While John's away, he's the he's the sort of organizer. He deals with all of that stuff. I'll just build it, and then when he comes back, um, it'll be a nice surprise for him. Yeah, I think normally John has quite a sort of steady, safe head on what we can add and what we can't. I feel like while he's away, Beast Golf Club's going to turn into absolute carnage with some, some of the ideas if you're let to just, you're allowed to just do what you want. It has given me an idea that we should start building some really wacky shit in there. So when he comes <laughs> back, he'd just be like, uh, what's this? What What, what is that? <laughs> yeah, you can explain it to him. Um before we go, Beef, we've had a few questions come in uh, from the listeners that need your attention. Um, here's a question from Sue. She said, Hi, Beef. You mentioned how much you would love to make the Ryder Cup team next time around. What do you think you'll need to do to make that happen? Because obviously, you, you know, you're on the verge of a comeback at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm close to coming back now. Um, since I've been back from Ryder Cup, I've been practicing hitting balls, hands getting better all the time. I nice. think... There's a couple of things I need to improve golf-wise. I need to become a better putter from 10 foot and in. I would say that would be a key and probably better from 150 yards in as well. They kind of go hand in hand. If you hit it a bit closer and hold a few more putts, that's where you can really score. Um, there would be some of my my like targets to really improve over the next couple of years. And just... Um, stay fit stay consistent I've yeah. started a new program where I'm doing a lot more mobility in the gym a lot more stretching and stuff and hopefully I can find the balance where I'll become more flexible and I don't I don't get injured and being injured there's nothing you can do you're just sitting on the sidelines and it's the that's the worst case so hopefully I can stay fit improve them bits and go and get booed in America <laughs> um We've actually had quite a lot of questions about your comeback beef. Um, can you give us an update on when we might be seeing you back out there? Is, is there an event you've got your eye on? So, yeah, the comeback will be the 23rd of November. Nice. Um, the Joburg Open, I'm looking at the start of the 2024 season. So that's my comeback date and I can't wait. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Um, James Parsons says, how was the Caccio e Pepe out in Rome? Uh, worthy of your master's menu? Because that was one that you said you'd have on there, wasn't it? How many How many of those did you have while you were there? I think I had two, but I ate pasta every day. <laughs> and I I sort of did a rotation of three pastas. The Cacio e Pepe Carbonara and the um, Amatrishana, which is like a tomato-based carbonara almost. Yeah. Um, I basically had them on rotation for a week. Um, I might have to change it to a carbonara. I don't know. It was so good. Because wow. obviously we, we ate in that little restaurant yeah, with all the football shirts, all the signed football memorabilia and stuff, which was really cool. And um, it was so good there. My God. Yeah. The pasta we had was really good. That's big news though, that you might change it to a carbonara for the Masters menu. So uh, I guess when we get to the Masters next year, we'll probably have to make a decision there and update the menu. Um, but big news there. Mark Bodley asked Beef, who would you want as your Ryder Cup foursomes partner? I'd probably say John Rahm. Would you? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. A anyone, anyone, I'd take, no, I'd play, I'd play with literally anyone. I'd be not fast. I think um, me and Shane would cause a riot. Yeah. As well. I think, um, especially if it was like a home crowd, I think that would be wild foursomes. Um, partner, there'd be, there'd be so much noise around the golf course. That would be great fun. I loved how we got the crowd hyped up and stuff and I think I'll do something pretty similar so it'd be wicked yeah that would be good to see it we, we'd enjoy seeing that uh, and then a final question from Andrew Bedwell uh, he asks should the Ryder Cup captaincy come with an expectation that you do two in a row a home and away it is quite clear that winning a Ryder Cup as the away side is incredibly difficult 
two away wins in the last 30 years. Feels like you shouldn't just be judged on one performance, either home or away, but how you handle both. Would love to know your thoughts, Beef. That's interesting. It is interesting. I mean, it's a fair one. I think it all depends on the captain. I know they've got so much work they have to do for it. So many trips out to Rome, so many trips with sponsors and days and obviously still trying to prepare the team, put everything together. I I mean, they must work so hard in terms of the time they put in over the year and a half, two years when when they're announced as as a captain. They might not want to do two in a row because it's so much work. Um, But I think it'd be really good to see how that pans out home and away and stuff as well, because the Ryder Cup is so one-sided in terms of home advantage. I would love Luke Donald to carry on and um, see if we can go out there and bring the Ryder Cup back from America after he's done so well. Whether Zach Johnson would have another crack at it, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I can't see why not. And I think it'd be fair on someone like Harrington as well drawn an absolute short straw um, in the timings. He captained the Ryder Cup as well. I mean, sometimes you get them situations where the team, the American team they had was just out this world, probably the best team ever in terms of American Ryder Cups. And Europe's wasn't the best. So maybe, yeah, I'd like to see him have a crack at home. And it is in Ireland in in four years' time as well. So... Maybe maybe he could catch up the two. But yeah, I don't mind a home and away. Yeah, nice. Well, hopefully Luke Donald is still in charge and maybe you can drop him a text and get us to the Ryder Cup in two years' time because after being to one, I'd very much like to go again. Yeah, you don't want to miss another one, do you? No, no, definitely not. Um, some great questions there. Uh, remember to send in any questions or ideas to beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk or you can get in touch on social media at Beef's Golf Club. Yes, mate. So good to be back at it. Remember, if you're new to Beef's Golf Club, go back to the start and listen to how the club has developed. And we'd love for you all to keep sending in your ideas so we can discuss them on the podcast. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.